everything we've done has led up to right now. Right now. Because legacy are full of legends. You can become a legend today, boys. Put your stamp on history. Put your stamp on a legacy. It is going to take all of us, all of us, men, be not afraid. Do not be afraid to be a legend. On the banks of the old Raritan. Wait, oh wait, one wrong song. Welcome to Opal Podcast, episode 19. My name is Jason. And I'm Griffin. And this is Rutgers Takeover Part 2. So we're right now in a hotel in Trenton, New Jersey. We're flying out the next morning. Um, but we're going to recap the Rutgers game and talk about our experience. So first, um, the Gophers defeated the Rutgers 42-7. And because of that, we went up on the AP poll to 17th ranked in the country and then 16th in the coaches poll. Um, so we'll go first run through some quick things. Um, first, when staff, band members and fans of Rutgers say congratulations on your win three hours before the game. Um, That's pretty telling of what's going to happen. Yep. Following. Um, but... We will note that Rutgers, all the band members, the staff members, and all the fans that we interacted with were absolutely pleasant and wonderful to be around. So I have nothing bad to say about Rutgers. In fact, I left with more respect for them than when I came here. Uh, I enjoyed every aspect of this trip, and I would love to come back to Rutgers in the future for uh, a game. Also, at Laurent, because of this, Rutgers will stay in the Big Ten. Like yeah, Laurence, you're not touching Rutgers. You can have Maryland, but you cannot touch my Rutgers. On the banks of the Raritan. On the banks of the old Raritan. That's a bomb over modern. All right, um, so some key stats. Um, Tara Morgan had a mad day. It was an odd day, to say the least. Did you call it Tanner bad, or is that Mitch Leiner bad? Oh, it was Tanner. It was just Tanner bad. It wasn't awful. I mean, he did what he had to do. To He made some... I mean, he was very he was inconsistent, but he made some good plays. He had an uncomfortable pocket presence. This would seem like he wanted to rush a lot of throws. Uh, sometimes he just didn't get throws off fast enough. So he made some really bad throws. He made some really good throws. And then he just made catchable throws that we have the receivers that are able to adjust. Uh, so, I mean, just notably off the top of my head, we go to Rashad Bateman when he... Tanner overthrows him the first time in the end zone. Uh, and it, it was close, but... Not close enough. Not close enough. And then they just go back to it on the same same, same drive, next play, and it lands right in his hands. A dime. Literal dime. Like, on the stats here, he was 15 of 28 on completion, 245 yards with two touchdowns, no interceptions, but one should have been the way how it bounced between the defender and Rodney Smith, but... It's not, it wasn't counted, so, um, but first half was rough. Second half, he, I think he was five for six. So he was nearly perfect the second half. So probably settled down after halftime. I think so. I mean, no one, you don't really have to put up a lot of stats when the opposing team only put up uh, Johnny Langan, Rutgers quarterback. He was two for six for one yard and had two interceptions. So his interceptions matched his completion total. And mind you, that was in the first half alone. In the total game, he was 9 for 19 for 48 yards, but ha still had three interceptions. And the lone touchdown 
came against pretty much when we took out all of our primary starters and some of our backups pretty much. So give or take that, um, pretty much Johnny Langdon was pretty much Rutgers bad. I mean, when you're your, when you're your team's third string quarterback, Satowski sad, obviously took his red shirt, uh, their backup quarterback took his red shirt and you're just kind of throwing someone in there on a week where they didn't really know if they were going to play or not. And on homecoming, <laughs> on homecoming, uh, but Nechi, they had quite a good ter- fan turnout than I thought they did. Yeah, I think they they probably had, what, maybe close to 20,000 fans? I would say so. Uh, so Rutgers does, definitely has some support. They just need some wins to back it. Of course, that changed after halftime when we took 14-0 lead. Yeah, once halftime hit, over half the student section was gone. <gasps> Rutgers students. <laughs> but uh, as bad as the teams played, Minnesota's still up 14-0 halftime. Uh, vanilla play calling by Kirk Soraka throughout the first half. Uh, I definitely think they would have loved to be up by more than 14 points. Who wouldn't? But they kind of came back in the second half. They still ran a lot of the same plays, but they got a little bit more interesting. So they kind of went from vanilla to just, you know, your basic inside HB dives, your outside zones, misdirections to... And just one slant route. Yeah, like one slant route. And then second half, you come out firing with, you know, a lot more passes and get bigger chunks to get you down the field. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a game where we could experiment a little bit, so that was kind of nice. Brevin uh, Spanford got a little bit on the action. Uh, Rutgers was stacking the box most of the time, so I think our rushing was off to a pretty slow start. Rutgers had, I think, at least seven people in the box for a lot of the game. Um, yeah, which you... Look into like Urban Meyer's like definition and schemes of what how, what to do in the spread offense. You don't want to put your tail back against too many defenders, or they will get tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. Which you know, we ran we still ran Rodney or Shannon or Mo with only six blockers and seven defenders dealing with us. So they're gave, giving them the opportunity to make plays. So yeah. Um, I think the only thing Rutgers really had to celebrate this game was their stopped third down. Uh, they do so. They do have a lot. Fourth down. Uh, oh, I thought it was third. But yeah, we had a turnover on downs where they gave it was third and one, oh fourth and one gave hand off the ball to Mo. Oh, yeah, it was fourth. Yep. They initially gave him the first down, but then they reviewed it, and then called it back to so Rutgers got the sort of momentum back with our 7-0 lead. And then, of course, Johnny Langdon still throws an interception to um, Philip Howard for his first career interception by underthrowing the ball to his receiver. So yeah. that was a short-lived uh, moment. But Rutgers does have a lot of good players that have showed some promise. So they get the stop on fourth down there, and... It was a single. It was a solo tackle in the open field where usually Mo can just run you over. That was great. Uh, they also had the the kick return by Young, who ran for about thirty six yards. We had about he ran into a pile and we had about four Gophers get hands on him, but no one ever tackled him. And then he just slipped out and around and ran he down the field. Everyone, even the Gopher fans sitting in there. <laughs> yeah, we thought he we thought he was wrapped up, but then we saw a little guy in a red skirt running out in skirt well <laughs> jersey running running down the side and i was really confused like uh so 
again, this is kind of what maybe the third week in a row that we're kind of talking about gophers and the tackling issues. But I mean, again, we're I, I don't want to make excuses for not tackling because we should have tackled better. But uh, we were up and the field position for them did not last very long. Nope. Um, oh, man, what else? Um, officiating was kind of poor. It's been a hot topic across the... Was this the NFL officiating right here? Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's... Officiating in general has kind of been a hot topic, so that's what a lot of people are focusing on. But they uh, were very inconsistent, I think, on the PI calls. I think we definitely... The Gophers had some that went in our favor, mostly when you have a receiver like Bateman who runs like a 4-4-40. There's really not much you can do as a defender if he's going to get behind you. Mm-hmm. So... Called on Bateman a couple times. Then Winfield was called for a PI against a Rutgers receiver. It was, I would say, it was a PI if the if he was in bounds, but you can't. It call. was an uncatchable ball. Yes, it was an uncatchable and also, ball. Also, you mentioned he was already out of bounds from where our perspective was, and the replay on the jumbotron, the TV broadcast had it like it looked like an uncatchable play, and you look at the other, you know, Minnesota beat writers of like twenty four seven Daily Gopher. A lot of people are, are agreeing the same thing. That was an uncatchable ball. Like, that was, f- like, overthrown, and it was thrown, and it wasn't where it needed to be, and the dude turned his head back, and it was too late anyway. So was, that was uncatchable from the get-go, and I don't know what the hell that call was with uh, the refs. But, there was, again, but they didn't miss every call, though. Like, there were moments where there were PIs that helped the Gophers, but also some questionable or granted calls for Rutgers. So... We both got the short end of the sticks today. Reg- uh, regardless on that, that drive where they have the extra help on the on that PI call, uh, they ended up missing the field goal. So yep. So you can't say that uh, Rutgers didn't have their chance to score more points, but uh, that was a very Rutgers thing to do yep. after, after getting a little bit of help. Speaking of missed field goals... Uh, Michael Lance, you gotta make those, bud. Mike, sorry. Can, can we call back Emmett? Change his name. Give him another four years of eligibility, please. This, this is uh, it's okay though. I mean, I mean, no, it's not okay. But Michael Lance knows it. He'll get better. And at the end of the day, it's still forty-two to seven. So if this was Penn State. Or Iowa, or Northwestern, or Wisconsin, or even next week against Maryland. This cannot happen, or it's going to cost us a game. So, this, Michael Lance, change your best, and I see you better beat week to week. I think if we are, so Rutgers went. I think Rutgers went for it on a couple fourth downs, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say if we were ever in situations like that against a more ranked team like Penn State. I might play less uh, risky style of football, and if we're in field goal range, just take the points. Uh, this is college football. Points can be hard to come by, so I think we'll see how strategies plan out, but uh, take the points when you can get them. Uh, I think Michael Lance, that was the only, he made. He made all of his extra points. All of his extra points. That was his only, yeah. Also, but. shout out to Mr. Casey O'Brien for getting his first career holds this season at Rutgers. First and second. 
but yes, he did a great job. Uh, and he deserved it. And he absolutely deserved it. That was a very emotional moment for the fans, for PJ, for the team, for our culture. Uh, that's everything that people need to embody. And some, that just needs to be respected by everyone over college football. Uh, this is what football is all about. Uh, Casey O'Brien did a great job. I was It was saddening to hear that he could have held in the Nebraska game. Yeah. But I think it w- maybe it would have been more special to do it on your home field. But nonetheless, he got this opportunity. He went with it. And he had two successful holds that led to successful extra points. So... Mm-hmm. Casey, we love you, we support you, and hopefully we see you more in action later this season. Also, a quick note to add as well, a, a little girl um, named Megan, who Casey's been you know, visiting and being a role model for her, is unfortunately back in the ICU at Masonic due to some complications with her medication and her recent treatment for cancer. So root for her as well, along with the rest of the Gopher football family and fan base, as you know, we keep our hopes high for this young gal who looks to go for football as a source of inspiration to keep fighting on as well so keep rowing the boat there young lady um so moving on uh mention an odell bateman jr with that (laughs) one-handed bobbled catch to make that first down Uh, that is the high caliber receivers pj has recruited that is also part of the uh, coaching you can attribute to that catch. So uh, we know a lot of receivers can at least almost make a play on that ball and get some sort of hand on it, but very few receivers can actually bring that down. Uh, He didn't even just catch it, he knocked it down kind of into his arms and then secured it. Uh, That's, at that point, it's almost pure coaching. Uh, Bateman is a grown man. Put some respect on that name. You're going to be hearing it a lot in the next couple years. Uh, Even Tyler Johnson, his catches weren't as uh, competitive and contested, but he will mess with you in other ways, like being shifty and juking for an extra like 40 yards down the field. Or he'll let you put pass interference or holding on you and still catch a damn ball in the air true and then uh slaughter you on that last touchdown drive when kirk shiraka methodically called a passing play on first and 10 where tyler just ran it for 40 plus yards for a touchdown and it's still great when you have your top three receivers in bell johnson and bateman but then you still have people like demetrius douglas who seemingly appear out of nowhere and then also make plays. So he made his um, toe-tapping catch on the – toe-dragging catch, I would say a better word for it, on the sideline. That secured a first down mm-hmm. and on a third and ten, I think, and kept the drive going. So even when uh, Rutgers may only be covering three receivers with three corners, uh, we still have players that can make plays and can kind of distract defenses from that. But – most of the game, it seemed, it looked like Rutgers was playing man, a lot of man coverage. They had almost one-on-ones with everybody, and then a f- 
free safety kind of helping up in the back. But, I mean, I would throw it to any one of our receivers if they were one-on-one and they had a chance to make a play. We have the receivers. We have Tanner, who can first, when he's on fire, can he can throw accurately. And we also have the receivers to when maybe his throws are just okay, that can adjust to the ball, as we saw several times throughout this game. Uh, so I have full faith in our offense. There's obviously some, you know, kinks we got to work out, but we are rowing in the right direction. Literally, we are making progress. It's only taken like three years to get nationally ranked after inheriting a five and seven team. Uh, this season is going to be special. The future is going to be special. He's bringing in the right players. We have the right people we have the right coaching everything's falling into place let's go eight no next week against the terps also don't forget mr brevin span forward on that 13 yard catch to for a first down when we all thought rodney had the ball and then tanner would pull it and it's through that of a pass to brevin out in open space brevin will also just appear out of nowhere you may see him blocking and you also may see him ahead of you as he's trying to run to the end zone so uh again Kirk Soraka his offensive schemes kind of just people maybe disguise disguising offensive uh schemes really really well we have a beautiful beautiful setup so far even though some of the plays that he was calling this game weren't necessarily one of those beautiful plays. Vanilla. Vanilla. Um, but I think another person we need to mention is Rodney Smith, who went for over 100 yards, for like 125, I think. He has about 125 or 135 all-purpose yards, and he still needs about another 100-ish uh, all-purpose yard rushing and passing to break Daryl Thompson's all-time record. And that's been a long time since that's ha- that has happened. And I think Rodney will break it um, within the season. Um, I don't want to... Whenever I say something to look ahead, we do bad. So I'm not going to say anything. So I'm going to shut myself up about mentioning anything further. But Rodney is getting close. But Ty Johnson as well 12. broke a record. He broke Eric Decker's record for a uh, career record for 100 yard uh 100 yard games um in his career and he's second behind mr ron johnson for 20 right now 26 touchdowns in his career as well i believe and that was his 12th straight 100 yard receiving game as well mm-hmm. or 12 total probably 12 total 12 total, 12 yeah. total yeah right 12 total so tyler johnson again Ever, all eyes are on Minnesota's receivers right now and our offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention also with Rodney Smith that this was his fourth straight 100-yard-plus game on the ground, and he is currently at, I think, 786 yards on the season, which is ninth in the entire country. Mm-hmm. So Rodney is doing Rodney things. I think the most exciting thing about watching Rodney run is I think we saw a lot throughout this game, is he would run toward, like, if it was a run to the strong side right, he would always want to run to the right, but then if there was just kind of a wall of people that he couldn't get through, he just cut back to the left where it was all open space, 
and then he would or at go, least there's some space to work with and try to shake right. off the defender at the second and third levels, which is the shiftiness that we haven't seen in a while, and I kind of kind of happy we all got Shannon and Rodney back for their shiftiness. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Mo. I love you, but we need more some more shiftiness. No, we we just we just need you for your uh, bowling ball. Uh, physique right. that will get us those one or two yards runaway locomotive <laughs> you're right yes the uh quick lane bowl commentators calling him a runaway locomotive but yes rodney smith keep doing your thing run around people because you work best in space that's what we need to give you and if it takes a whole offensive line to block one way just so you can run the other way so be it mm-hmm also, we've been talking offense. Oh, and there's a plane that's flying above us. Well, we are a mile away from the airport. You should not forget about our defense played pretty much for three and a half quarters. Lights out defense against this Rutgers team. Also allowing, uh, like you said, Johnny Langdon of Rutgers did throw three interceptions. Two of them were picked off by a Mr. Antoine Winfield Jr., which the second interception was returned for a touchdown. I think that was the first for Anton Winfield this season on that return for, on that pick six, and then Mr. Philip Howard, a converted wide receiver to corner, also caught his first pick ever in his career. So our defense was just being placed in the right areas, and also Joe Rossi calling a solid game for our boys. Um, also, um, uh, we're worried about Kamal, so we'll wait for more news when that arises, but. Um, from what we heard, he's able to walk, which is good. But, of course, we'll have to wait to what team doctors and what PJ uh, deems it as. But we're saying this. If he doesn't play for Maryland, we'd rather have him be safe and healthy by the time through the bye and then move on from there, pretty much. So good, pretty much all-around good game for our offense, defense, um, and some of our special teams. I said some, but solid game overall to – Pretty much secure us a win, 42-7, to make us 7-0 overall for our own conference play. Now first in the Big Ten West because fucking Wisconsin lost by a field goal to a field goal of the Illini. Yes. Love you, Smith Beard Magic, baby. Oh, yeah. He's going to get that extension. <laughs> Give him a lifetime Low. contract. All right. Um, but... For our trip so far, uh, we, we're having a blast, so we have to go home back to Minneapolis tomorrow, but enjoy being in New Jersey for the game. Great uh, hospitable people in the state, visiting uh, Pennsylvania and Philly in particular, seeing how close those sporting venues are for their major sports, and then seeing the Liberty Bell, and then seeing um, one of my personal favorites, the USS New Jersey and Iowa-class Iowa battleship um, in the Delaware River. And also going to Wawa in Delaware. For all you uh, East Coast people, if you know what we're talking about, kudos to you. Um, but this go is going to wrap up episode 19 of OPA Podcast. So thanks for joining us. So again, my name is Jason. And I'm Griffin. And OPA. Oh.